0: Welcome to Mikey Pod, podcast episode 319 for February 8th, 2021. Today's guest is activist, author, and poet Stuart Mitchell, also known as the Vigilante Vegan on Instagram. We'll be talking about his books, his street and political activism, and his latest venture, Voice for Change, performing arts activism for the liberation of human and non human animals. This was a great conversation. I've been saying that every week. <laughs> Is it a, It's okay that I'm saying that, because every week it's a great conversation. Uh, this week is no exception, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to share this interview with you. By the way, I am your host, Michael Herron. I'm a composer, pianist, electronic musician, storyteller, and activist based in New York City. On this podcast, I have conversation with fellow creators who use their creativity to change the world. I've been sending this podcast to your ears for well over 15 years at this point. If you like what you hear, subscribe using the colorful buttons in the sidebar and footer you'll see at mikeypod.com or you could just search mikeypod in your favorite podcast directory if you'd like to know more about me and my work stop by my website at michaelherron.com hit me up on social media everywhere as at michaelherron or you can email me mikeypod at gmail.com yay i don't have a lot of updates this week i had a busy uh january with uh getting zines out i ran a special offer on patreon Um, I sent out some new music. I'm currently working on editing a video that I've been (laughs) neglecting for almost precisely two years. Maybe I should just (laughs) release it on the two-year anniversary of the day I filmed it. Um, But if you are not subscribed on YouTube, um, I never talk about YouTube here. Um, I, will I, it's linked on my website up in the top, topper, topper, topper right corner. You'll see it there. Um, yeah. And look, look out for that, uh, that video. And there are a lot of other videos there too. Why do I never talk about my YouTube? It just felt so weird to mention YouTube. Uh, yeah. Live performances, videos of my music and, um, yeah, vlogs, all kinds of stuff there. I, it's not, I haven't been active there for a while, but anyway, we're not here to talk about my YouTube channel. We're here to talk about Stuart Mitchell. But before we do, I want to um, mention that um, everyone, a lot of people are starting podcasts or asking about starting podcasts and that kind of thing. I would love to help you, especially if you're a listener, especially if you're an activist artist. This is a great way to get your message out and to connect with other people who do the same type of thing as you. That's been one of my big takeaways from doing this podcast, and I wind up collaborating with a lot of people I wouldn't have really had a reason to reach out to before. So anyway, if you'd like to start a podcast, I would love to help you. And I would also like to let you know that I'm an affiliate with Blueberry, which is the who hosts my podcast and always have. I've always used their their WordPress plugin, which is really great. They have great customer service and they are my host of choice and will be for uh, forever. <laughs> for as long as they exist, for as long as we all exist on this transient world. But that's a whole other topic. Anyway, if you'd like to use Blueberry, you can use my code MikeyPod for a 30-day free trial. And sincerely, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, um, just by virtue of the fact that you're listening to my podcast, I know I want to help you (laughs) get yours going too. So let me know. Um, Yay. Oh, that's cool. Um, I just got a notification that, that changes what I'm about to say. I'd like to thank my returning patrons ed and jen who uh, just i just got a message from her that she re re, re uh, subscribed so thanks ed and jen and all my existing patrons for powering this podcast it's not free to put this thing up you know um so thank you to those of you who do that these are people who subscribe for five dollars or more a month on patreon and get special perks like tons of free downloads of my music and zines um six zines there now um bonus podcasts I think this week's will be the 63rd bonus podcast. You'll have immediate access to all of those podcasts. Um, And um, this week's bonus episode will feature another extended conversation with Stuart. These conversations are always a little bit more uh, chummy, if you will. Uh, So yeah, all of that said, thanks for listening. And I'm going to jump right into the interview. Here's my conversation with Stuart Mitchell. Joining me now on the podcast is author and activist and maker of merch and cool Instagram posts, uh, Stuart Mitchell. Thanks for joining me on the podcast today,
1: Mike. Thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate this.
0: So I was reading Kayla the Vegan this morning. I haven't finished it yet, um, but thanks so much for gi- like giving me copies of these books. That's I'm one of the things I love to talk about is using activism. And Art together and also like I love the fact that this involves like kids, too Um, Can you tell us a little bit about the books and how they how they got started?
1: sure Uh, Well, I think one one of the things that we lack in this community is the ability to reach children I don't want to say so much the ability to reach children, but we're not doing it as much as we can so I thought it would be a good idea to write a children's book because the children are the future. They're going to inherit this mess when, when we're no longer here. So we want to give them kind of a guideline on, on how to treat other beings and how to be respectful and mindful of those around them so that we have more compassionate human beings that, that can pro- probably fix the problems that we have here on Earth right now. So Kayla the Vegan was pretty much born out of that. It was inspired by Genesis Butler, who Mm. is an amazing young activist. I remember watching a documentary where she said, kids tease her in school about being vegan. So the idea for Kayla was pretty much born out of me watching this documentary with with young Genesis Butler.
0: I loved the book. I was like sitting there reading and like, oh, like the premise of it is Kayla the Vegan, who like is showing up at a new school. She's moved to to, uh, Atlanta from Brooklyn. And um, but there were so many moments that she experienced being like the new vegan in town that I could so relate to, you know, that and that we all can relate to, like for different things. I think that's one of the things I really love about it. It's like we, she, we can also relate to her wanting to belong, and having veganism being something that people are making kind of making her other about, you know.
1: I wanted to make Kayla as relatable as possible. I, I think even adults can read Kayla and and kind of get the understanding of what veganism is all about in its most simplest form. Uh, a lot of times when we run across activists, uh, they're re- very aggressive sometimes because we're angry. We're angry about what's happening to animals and rightfully so. But Kayla kind of describes in the, in the most simplest terms how to be compassionate for animals without really giving up much or anything for that matter. Liberation Summer is pretty much a coming of age of a young man, It's loosely based on my story it, it's kind of like a journey from where people are in life to where they go in their activism. Once their eyes have been opened and they see what happens to animals and, and things that happen in their community as well as, as a result of what we do to animals. So that's basically what Liberation Summer is. It's a young kid. Uh, he's finished with high school. He's got to move on to college. He comes from a single-parent home. He needs a job to pretty much support himself while he's in college and he, he gets a job working at a, a franchise a chicken franchise and and he starts to realize that uh it, the food production is something that he never really took into account and once he did it opened his eyes to what happens to animals on factory farms and i don't want to give too much of the book away but he it's it's a journey for him he becomes an activist and and so many other things in the book, just based on the eye-opening experience from working in in food service.
0: Yeah, and is that the part of the story that's autobiographical for you? That, that you, Is that where you kind of got a vegan awareness?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I think I kind of wrote my, um, my path in life without knowing it through that book, because uh, I'm a board member with Voters for Animal Rights, and... I wrote that book, and shortly after that I met Ali Feldman, who's the president of Voters for Animal Rights, and she's pretty much taken me along this journey into the world of politics, which for me is very confusing, but Mm. uh, I'm willing to learn as much as I can because I think it's a great benefit to animals and to what we're trying to accomplish. So, um, it's pretty much, I might have wrote my own own little story there, (laughs) uh without without even knowing it
0: yeah i'm kind of glad to hear you say that politics is confusing to you because like it's super confusing to me and recently like for i guess i don't know if it's obvious reasons with the previous president though i've got really like oh shit like this really is gonna <laughs> affect like you know like it that it, i hate to say it, i hate to admit that like politics felt kind of removed. Um, but that was the first time, and especially like with the pandemic and everything hitting, but I'm still like confused by politics and intimidated by people who know about them. So like part of the thing is like talking to you about, because I, I wanted to talk about voters for animal rights, but there's this part of me that's like, oh my God, I'm not gonna be able to keep up. Uh, so anyway, that's just to say like it's it's kind of a universal feeling to to maybe feel overwhelmed by the political world, yeah.
1: I'd say so, uh, especially if, if you're not from that arena. Uh, and I think it's okay. I mean, we we have the opportunity to learn and grow as individuals, and we we start to understand what works for us and what doesn't work for us. And um, I I credit Ali and VFAR with knowing a lot more about politics than I ever have in my life. So there's, there's some positives that, that come out of being involved in such an organization.
0: Mm. So, I
1: mean, like I said, I think there's something – uh, you know, to to get from the experience.
0: Yeah, maybe that's a good place for me to start by like following more closely. Like I'm even subscribed to the VFAR mailing list and I get texts and everything. And it's always like, ah, so I think one of the things <laughs> I could do is just like, maybe I'll read this email. And even if I don't really exactly follow what's going on, just read it.
1: No, right. Like, just,
0: yeah, just like tune into this stuff.
1: Yeah, well, you realize that politics plays a, a big part in everything we do in life. So once once you understand that, it, it's easy to understand why we should be involved in politics, even if it's just a you know a little bit. But we should know what's going on in our communities and and in our world as far as politics are concerned, because it, it affects everything. It affects the the food. Food is political. Um, women's uh, sexual organs are political. Everything is political. So we have to get involved.
0: Yeah. And I think maybe that's part of my thing. Like, I don't want to accept that that's politics. You know what I mean? Like, a part of me wants to be like, no, that's just being reasonable and compassionate to each other. Um, I don't want to be involved in that, like, yucky thing, (laughs) you know, like, but it is all involved. And like, whether I choose to accept it or not.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I I feel the same way you do. Like, I hate that we live in a world where... Politics plays a big part of everything, but it, it is the world we live in. And if we're going to change things, we have to sort of play by the rules mm-hmm. and, you know, be, be that change we want to see.
0: Yeah. And then and I also like I don't know, I'm, I'm doing so much telling on myself today. But like I, I kind of think of street activism and political activism as being, I don't know, like not as I'm saying that, I'm like, that's not really what I believe. But like I feel like there are different paths, you know, toward toward animal rights, if that's what we're talking about, but that you are involved in both of those areas. Um, Can you talk about that a little bit?
1: Sure. Um, I think they're both necessary. I think they both complement each other and it's necessary. I mean, when we're doing activist activism out on the streets, we're pretty much doing outreach as well. We're we're teaching people about what happens to animals uh, for the sake of our choices and a lot of people are unaware of that. So when they see that there are passionate people with boots on the ground that are fighting for certain causes, they start to get an understanding of how important these things are to certain people. And that raises awareness. And I think that if you can take that awareness and apply it to the political aspect, then you start to really make change. I mean, case in point, when we, when we do vigils for slaughterhouses, we're bringing attention to the fact that these slaughterhouses in certain communities are a detriment and we don't want them there. The community uh, doesn't want them there. I mean, just based on the conversations that I've had and and a lot of activists had with people from communities that have these uh, live markets, once they become aware that they can do something about it systemically and that there are council members that they can call and there are uh senators that they can call assemblymen they they want to get more involved so it's like we're not just there making noise but they're also educated and teaching people like here these are this this is a list of people you can call to change this uh situation in your neighborhood if you don't like it you have a voice you have a vote use it so i think the the outreach is definitely necessary protesting is definitely necessary because, again, it complements what we do as far as politics are concerned. The more constituents you have that's available or involved in what goes on in your community, the more people will vote in favor of things that will shut down these institutions that abuse animals and hurt the neighborhood.
0: Mm. Yeah, uh, that's such a good way to put it. Like it's by, by protesting, you know, people and one of the one of the things I hear people saying about protests, like there's kind of this split in the vegan community in some ways about like people who are, you know, doing political work. And as I'm saying that, I'm like, wait, am I making this up? I perceive <laughs> this split between people who are doing political work and think that's the way to go. And people who are protesting and think that's the way to go. And uh, and there's a little bit of a kind of a tone of sort of disdain from from the more like uh, politically minded people, of like, oh, what like what good does it do to go scream on a street corner and yell at people? Well, you've just explained that, but also with you know a nod toward why it's important to do to be politically involved too.
1: Well, I, I can't speak for anybody else. Uh, I know that I think people do activism based on their personality. Uh, some people are upfront and confrontational and aggressive, and maybe disruptions work for them maybe Mm -hmm. being in the street and being loud works for them some people are more well spoken and savvy so maybe uh, another form of activism works for them and I don't think there's anything wrong with that Um, I think like I said both are necessary they complement each other Uh, another reason why I do street activism is because as a person of color I want people to understand that this is not just a fight uh, headed by the white majority because a lot of times veganism and act and animal rights activism gets a bad rap for being uh just pretty whitewashed or in some cases pretty racist and i'm looking to change that dynamic and show people that it's it's an all-inclusive movement that animal abuse happens in every neighborhood all over the world It's not just one particular group of people contributing to it, and it's not just one particular group of people fighting against it. I mean, this this is a fight that has to be attacked on all fronts. And when I'm out there, I want people of color because a lot of times I'm in communities where there are people of color, and I want them to understand that. Somebody that looks like you cares about what happens to animals, and I want you to to care as well. Mm without without disregarding our own plight i mean it is possible for people to care about more than one issue at a time and i think it's important that people understand that as well
0: where does um i'm asking this from my perspective as like a gay man like i think a lot of my experience of feeling you know outcast etc for being gay relates to what made me decide to go vegan and and work for animals it, do you have any can you relate to that Being a person of color.
1: Absolutely. Um, I I think I get what you're saying. Um, The fact I I mean, and I could be wrong. I mean, you you feel like you weren't accepted because of your your sexual preference or because of who you are. And you saw that same injustice in other beings. Am I am I right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it.
1: OK, so, yeah, I, I can make the correlation as well as uh, as an uh, African-American man and what we've been through historically in this country as far as slavery and uh, Jim Crow, black codes and everything else that has systemically held us down in this in this country, the United States, I see that same suffering in the animals. The things the, the, the fact that at one time we were treated as a commodity in this country and I I see that happen to animals. The fact that we commodify them, they we we sell them, we, we sell their body parts, we separate the the families, and it's all for the profit of someone else. I mean, I, I made that correlation on my own. Nobody had to do it for me. So I get where you're coming from. And I think a lot of times most oppressed groups make that connection faster than than other people. And they and they understand the plight of animals a little bit better than people who have not been oppressed. So I would say that you're not, that I I get where you're coming from and it's pretty much the same place that I come from except that my my experience as being African American in the United States.
0: I'm glad you explained that because that is like a connection that I don't have. You know, like it's a different perspective that, that I'm grateful to hear. Let's talk about your shirt, Voice for Change. Um, I, I only know a little bit about this um, this project of yours. Can you tell us about it?
1: Sure. Voice for Change was an idea that I had uh, before COVID, and I was to bring activism to the streets, but with a, with a different style, a different flavor to bring performing arts to the world of activism. I'm not saying that it wasn't there before; it's been there, um, but. I wanted to do something a little bit different and uh, add the element of like spoken word, poetry and song to to what we do. A lot of times we do outreach and we try to teach people about what happens to animals in factory farms, fur farms, uh, testing facilities. So I figured we can use spoken word to get people's attention a lot of times. And we live in New York, Michael, and you know that. Street performance is a big part of New York culture,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: whether you're on the subway, whether you're on 42nd Street or any uh, busy intersection of the city. Performing arts plays a major part of what makes New York City what it is. And I figured if I could combine that with activism and get people to stop and listen to what we're saying on the streets in a very entertaining and informative way, it might change people's uh, perspective on how they treat animals because a lot of times when you see activism and i'm not knocking any form of activism but a lot of times when people who are on the outside looking in they think we're crazy oh look at these guys they they care more about animals and humans and you Mm -hmm. you you understand you've been there yeah but i wanted to do something to capture their attention to make them stop and listen and know that hey everybody's not as crazy as you think that advocate for animals. We are talented people. We we do have certain skills to communicate. And I just wanted to display that with voice for change. And that's what it is. It's, it's an all inclusive movement. It's again, it's centered around the animals, but in a performing arts way to where we're not just out on the streets, handing out leaflets or screaming and yelling and, and, and chanting, uh, you know back and forth it's based around us using the arts
0: obviously i love that kind of thing cuz i love talking about it so much one of the things that i've found that really works with that too is you know if somebody stops and if someone sees a street performer and they stop and listen it's because they're like oh this person has a message you know when you pick up a book you're you want to get the author's message you're like signing on to like okay let's let's be a part of this which i think it's different and I'm, I'm the same way. I wouldn't knock protesting at all. Um, but it's a different thing. Like protest is like pushing, ah, I don't want, I don't like anything I say feels like a negative thing about protesting, which I don't feel at all. But you know, it's like a protest is, it's kind of a, an aggressive stance, right? Of like, here's my message and, and I need you to hear it. Like I'm telling it to you no matter what, but a performance feels a little bit more like an invitation and the person is Deciding to participate and like engage with the piece of art,
1: right? And again, you're right. We're not knocking activism We're not knocking any form of activism because I engage in different forms of activism as I said before and we'll continue to do So it's just that I think that with anything in life We have to evolve and find new ways of doing things and be more creative in our approach So that's basically what voice for change was uh, born out of uh, just the idea that we could do diff- things differently and probably get a a better outcome or a different outcome, but we don't know unless we try. So right now I'm still in the infancy phases of voice for change. And hopefully in the future, we'll do more events and and we'll see what kind of engagement we, we can get from people and, you know, hopefully turn people vegan and hopefully make more activists. I don't want to just make people vegan. I want them to advocate for the plight of animals. I mean, it's not enough to just stop eating them, we have to speak up for them as well. And hopefully I can do that with Voice for Change.
0: Hmm, so it's, are there any like, um, upcoming things you could tell me about with Voice for Change? I know it's still in its beginning phases and we're in a pandemic now, which I'm sure has had a big effect on on what you're planning, but anything we could watch out for with it?
1: Well, uh, I've been speaking to a couple of activists, Donnie Moss has been all over this, this scandal with HSUS, uh about the fact that they are housing chimps that were used in experiments but they're not getting the best treatment from uh the humane society and we're trying to change that and i spoke to a couple of activists and we planning to do an event based around bringing awareness to understand what's going on and get involved and help us uh, facilitate change for these champs, as well as the the rodeo. They're trying to bring a rodeo back to New York City mm. after 30 years, and we're trying to make people aware that we don't want it here in New York City. So if I can bring awareness and attention to these two through Voice for Change, then by all means, I, I'm, I'm willing to do it. But it's still in the talks. Nothing has been planned out yet. They're in the works. There's I have plans for, for this and uh, for other events as well, but uh, nothing concrete as of yet
0: the rodeo in New York city. Like I was at a lot of the, uh, protests for the bull riding events that came to New York city. And I guess it's kind of a side topic, but like that is the least New York city thing I've ever seen in my life. Like the people that show up the event itself, it's so like, what get out of here. But that's, I think that right. might be a side, <laughs> a side topic.
1: No, I, I feel the way you do it. It, it was kind of weird to see people with, with cowboy hats and boots and, uh, plaid shirts uh, in New York City it just it you know when somebody's not from New York City is what I'm trying to say.
0: <laughs> we should talk about where people can find you in your work uh on the internet. I know vigilante vegan on instagram uh where else is a good place to track down the stuff that you do?
1: That's pretty much it I mean i I think people people think I do a lot more than what I do. I'm just a guy posting on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the day, I'm just a guy voice, in my opinion. I'm on Facebook, but I'm really not that active. So you could primarily catch me on Vigilante Vegan, uh, uh, Vigilante underscore vegan on Instagram. I also have an Instagram page for Voice for Change. And I also have an Instagram page for uh, people dealing with depression and anxiety. It's called There's Beauty in the Darkness, where I kind of, it's kind of like an open diary from my perspective. And yeah, I I keep in touch with people there that that are struggling with these issues as well, and it's kind of like a uh, a little group where people can talk about things that are bothering them.
0: Ah, uh, that's really cool. I love the way you started that out by saying I'm just a guy that posts on the internet, but here's all the stuff I post. Like you do a lot of things and a lot of um, a lot of connecting and and community building, which I think is really great.
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it. So, um I think we'll wrap it up right there. But um before we go, I want to mention that um uh, for people who are subscribers on Patreon, there'll be a, a bonus uh, conversation with Stuart that we'll be doing in a couple minutes. Um but aside from that, thanks so much for joining me on the show, Stuart.
1: Thank you for having me. This is this has been great. Cool. Thank you, Michael. And I I'll, I'll see you back out there again. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. <laughs>
2: Let all the See hey. you
0: So that's Kirsten Marilyn from her latest album. There are no cats in America. That track was called the takers. The production on that album is so good. Al, uh, Adam tight, I can't remember his exact last name is uh Kirsten's producer. And it's so good. Every time I listen to tracks, I'm like reminded how great it sounds. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, check out Uh, check out Stuart's work everywhere and tell a friend about this podcast patrons you will hear the bonus podcast in a couple of days on uh, Patreon and it's also on MikeyPod.com you know what to do you 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 know what to do thanks for listening Uh, tell a friend Leave a comment, share it, you know, all that stuff. Help get the word out about these people that I talk to. The whole purpose of this is to let people know about these amazing activists and artists and creators and all that. Anyway,
1: okay, bye.